Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please subscribe to the show and please share widely with others. It makes a huge difference indeed. Before we kick off, a big thanks to our sponsors, Quilt AI. Quilt AI is a mission-first technology company seeking to increase empathy in the world. Using the internet as a source of knowledge, inspiration, and communication, Quilt AI works on issues including climate change, gender equity, and health across the world. Quilt AI believe that the true value of the internet has yet to be seen and has been used to index data, store photos, and conduct e-commerce, but it truly has not yet been used to understand the other. And this is the mission that Quilt AI is on, that of converting the internet into a space of understanding and appreciation. So big thanks to our sponsors. Today we are talking about education, UN Sustainable Development Goal 4. And we're actually going to be looking at technology, big data, mobile platforms, and how we can leverage these to drive forward education. We have a very special guest on board, Shankar Maruwada, who is the Chief Executive Officer and also a co-founder of Ikstep Foundation. Now, Ikstep Ik being the number one in Hindi, and we're looking at sort of the first, uh, you know, every every journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Shankar is the chief executive officer and co-founder of Ikstep Foundation. And the other co-founders are two distinguished individuals who are very well known in philanthropic circles. We have Nandan Nilekani and Rohini Nilekani. Both are signatories of the Giving Pledge. And uh, Nandan is um, the current chairman and also a founder of Infosys, one of the world's largest IT firms. And Rohini is a distinguished author. So really good pedigree on the IT and technology side. And I'm really looking forward to see how we're going to be leveraging big data and tech in order to drive forward education. So without further ado, Shankar, welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you, Alberto. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast and looking forward to our discussions. Great. Well, look, why don't we start by finding out a little bit about the Xstep Foundation and the work you're doing? Sure. So Xstep Foundation is a philanthropic effort set up in 2015 by my co-founders Nandan Nilekani, Rohini Nilekani, and myself. When we set it up in 2015, along with a stellar team of experienced, top-notch professionals. The idea was to think of a big, hairy, audacious goal. And we set a number of 200 million children in India. And the goal was, how can we reach these 200 million children in India and improve their access to learning opportunities with the end result of those learning opportunities resulting in improved learning outcomes. So that was the goal that we set out to do. And the goal is a manifestation of our idea that social good can be done at the scale of the entire population, should be done at the fastest possible time, because every year we delay 20 million children in India enter the system and exit the system. And every year of delay costs us a lot. Hmm. And thirdly, 
after scale and speed we have to do it in a very sustainable manner and that was the third important design principle and of course in doing this technology big data leveraging the rapidly evolving consumer technology was a critical part of our strategy mm-hmm. tell me so the organization itself uh, despite its really huge reach that we're going to be talking about in a minute what's the actual organization look like how many people work there where are you based yeah yeah so we had another interesting design principle that we will have as many people in the organization as could fit the large room that of a building that we started out in mm. we are based in bangalore and as a result of that simple decision our numbers have remained in the 40 range plus minus 40 people over the last 3 years and we will not be growing any further in terms of the number of people so mm. 200 million children 40 people amazing that's a nice ratio and tell me a little bit about the technology itself so what are you guys so you want to drive forward education india what's the population of india the total population would be approximately 1.3 billion right So you 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 have a, a population in India of 1.3 billion people, um, massive potential if you're if you're leveraging technology just right, and obviously you have the expertise because you you have a strong pedigree uh, on on the IT side. What is it that you're um, that you're driving forward? What does the technology look like? What are you guys doing? Right. So as we debated long and hard on how should technology be used. we decided on a few principles first that the technology should be able to work at the scale and diversity of india mm-hmm. at the scale and diversity of 1.3 billion people 25 plus formal administrative languages and hundreds of dialects and the second was that the technology should help the existing ecosystem of actors so we did not want to be the ones coming out with one more application mm-hmm. one more new player jostling for space with the existing uh, ecosystem and the ecosystem spans government efforts market efforts and philanthropic not for profit efforts so that was another design consideration that the technology should help the existing ecosystem and the last was the technology should fit in with the existing constraints with the existing habits routines and rituals of the children of the teachers of the schools and of the system so as a result while in the first two years we experimented with every kind of innovative technology including personalized learning learning games virtual reality content etc as a result of these principles we settled on leveraging the most powerful technology one of the most powerful technologies ever invented in education in the last 250 years the humble textbook mm-hmm. in india a billion textbooks are produced every year and distributed to children free of cost so whether a poor child can afford to have three square meals a day 
in their houses one will find three to five textbooks because these are provided by the government so rather than look at the textbook as outdated technology what we did was think of a technology architecture where qr codes each with a unique number could be embedded printed into these textbooks such that when you access those qr codes through an application one would get content relevant to that particular page where the qr code is and this content would be interactive content trusted content and content relevant to the learner mm-hmm. so this was one of the big ideas a simple but effective idea but the way we did this was create technology as a digital infrastructure and this digital infrastructure which we called as sunbird s u n b i r d which mm-hmm. is a small bird endemic to india think of this as a kind of a linux equivalent for learning mm-hmm. this was a open free to use digital infrastructure which in turn we used sunbird to help the government of india build a technology platform called diksha which is an acronym standing for digital infrastructure for knowledge sharing so think of diksha as the platform for school education of the government of india and the government of india in turn is providing this platform again free of cost to all the 38 odd states and union territories of india each of which has their own autonomous board of education it is these 38 states that produce this print and distribute the textbooks and each of these states is free to decide which grade which textbook they put the qr codes in and which language the interactive content should be so it is what we call as technology at population scale with a federated architecture and it is not where the content is created only by the government of india and no, neither does the technology belong to extep it is free open source technology used by the government of india as a single unifying technology infrastructure provided to the states mhm mhm so if i have a uh, one of these textbooks that comes into my uh, my home because i have a child the textbook would then have qr codes throughout the textbook yes on a, a average around 10 to 15 which is which approximates to around one qr code per chapter mhm and the qr codes are they individual to the textbook itself or are they are they are they specific to the chapter but not necessarily to the individual child it's not to the individual child it is with respect to a chapter i'm with you i'm with you and what is what are the things then that i as a parent or as a school teacher would um would benefit from by having this right. additional technology what, what what does that look like so i get my textbook and now in addition to what i was expecting i also see a qr code per chapter roughly speaking 
Yes, absolutely. So what happens is, suppose you are a grade two child. You open your maths textbook, and in India, the teaching happens as per the prescribed curriculum in the textbook. Mm-hmm. So there's a sequence that is strictly followed. And so if I'm being taught chapter two, I open up chapter two and I see a QR code, and that's a signal for me that the QR code. could give me access to free digital content which is created curated by my school authorities and therefore it is trusted right and it is relevant so i open it up if for example i'm it the chapter is on fractions i could see an interactive content it could be a video so the interactive content could show a example a a cake being sliced into five parts to show the concept of fractions and the video could be followed by a set of questions which i can answer mm-hmm. so what's happening is i am being exposed to a concept it could be followed by a practice test where i get to know whether i've got my understood my concepts well or not so in principle though what i've explained is a specific idea think of what we have done with the qr code as the qr code is the equivalent of a gps mm-hmm. that is in the text so when the qr code is in chapter 2 and i access the qr code it is like me sending a signal the equivalent of gps that here i am on a grade 2 child wanting content around fractions and therefore the content can be dynamically altered in the background it could be one content on day 1 a second content 3 months later at the start of the year the content could be around explanation content and before the exams or the end of the year it could it could be a different set of content practice content revision content uh mock test content and it's all up to each and every one of the 38 states to decide what kind of content in what language uh and how to sequence it fascinating and besides the the enhanced offering for students who who now in addition to the textbook they have the ability to access all of this highly targeted and relevant uh work and information I imagine also there's a lot of benefit for the state authorities in order to be able to gather aggregate data of how well are these kids doing on these mock exams or what you know how often are people logging in or what have you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me uh, explain that a bit. In a regular schooling system the system does not really get much feedback on what kind of content are children finding engaging mm-hmm. and in a large and complex country like india what are the learning outcomes at a uh, at a local level however as we designed the technology we also designed it for telemetry telemetry derived from uh, our space age technology essentially is remote sensing of data and so every interaction of the child with the app or the technology sends a ping of data this anonymized ping of data 
when collected gives incredible patterns for the state what kind of content are children finding engaging what is the learning outcomes what kind of questions are they getting right how long are they spending on one subject versus another which allows conversations on why is that happening for example in early grades language content is seen to be more engaging but for the later grades that focus shifts to maths and science mm-hmm. so there's a lot of incredible anonymized aggregated data that each of the state boards are starting to get access to which is helping them refine and improve their policy implementation as well as come up with more and more innovative ideas mm-hmm. here's a question how do you go from having this concept this idea of wanting to leverage uh, this tech platform for to drive forward education how do you go from that in some boardroom and and get buy in from 38 states and ultimately have <laughs> have ability to distribute to 200 million children how how does i imagine it's not a straightforward thing that anybody can just do it is a great question alberto i <laughs> wish the answer was that it's a straightforward question mm but what happened was a lot of trial and error but what helped us along the entire journey was a firm focus on our goal of 200 million children mm-hmm. what we've realized is in philanthropic efforts there could be two kinds of approaches one is try out something and if it works figure out how to scale it up we call that scale what works so you do your experiments you figure out what works you do your rct and you prove that this works mm-hmm. next is the challenge of how do i scale it up there is a second approach which is you're starting thinking about scale you're starting by asking the question of what will work at the scale of 200 million children mm-hmm. and how can that be sustained and then you're doing a lot of trial and error to figure out what will work at scale and we call that as what works at scale which is different from scale what works mm-hmm. and that's the path that we follow so a lot of the trial and error that we did was to was say that you know what this is great but this won't work at scale and therefore what we realized is to figure out what works at scale let us examine what is already at scale we already have a million plus schools 10 million plus teachers 250 plus million children who are in the habit of going every day to school opening a textbook in a classroom transaction and the teacher teaches from the textbook so when one is thinking of at scale one has to think of leveraging what is already working what is already a habit and making a small change to that and we call that as plus one thinking which is a small change for each of the actors but it's a small change at population scale and is a small but powerful change where once you do it you can't go back to the earlier status quo once you have experience the power of pointing a device at your textbook and that qr code becoming a kind of a digital window which opens you up to a world of interactive content 
connected to your curriculum but beyond your textbook you cannot look at the textbook the same old way mm-hmm. and if you ever find a textbook with without qr code the question is why isn't there a qr code there mm-hmm. and we all have experienced this in our day to day life once you experience something whether it be the first time you ordered something online or you ordered a cab via uber you cannot go back to life before or the first time we accessed internet on a mobile device but each of them is a small step up to an existing habit and we call that as plus one thinking this plus one thinking guided a lot of our trial and error and uh, helped us uh, reach a certain significant milestones mm-hmm. so many questions come to mind um, a couple one is about the accessibility of mobile phones so everybody might have a textbook do they all have a mobile phone to access the qr code and the other bit is about getting into that distribution channel so here's xstep foundation granted uh, one of the founders a couple of the founders are are are, are very big players in india but you're asking essentially you're asking the government to let your technology be the technology that's connecting um those textbooks to their education platform so i'm wondering whether any of the other players in the education space were a little bit apprehensive about saying well why is xstep foundation getting access and not us and what are the implications then for branding that's a great question now the way to so i'll ask the answer the second question mm-hmm. and then the first question so what you've described is a scenario that we had anticipated again when you think of what works at scale the question is at scale whose program is it right whose brand should it be and given that our mission was to reach 200 million children our mission was not to establish xstep as a powerful and well known brand it was easy for us to make the decision that the brand of xstep should never be in the picture that it is fine if the children use our technology but are not aware of xstep it is fine if the government uses our technology which is anyway open source so it's not our technology it's just technology we created and put it out in the open mm-hmm. so and it is not just xstep that was behind this a consortium of organizations including other renowned philanthropic organizations came together to make this happen and a large part of that was our acknowledgement that a technology is a small part of the whole thing it is not the full solution it's a component of the solution to complete the solution you need content you need program you need devices you need funds and so having a part of the puzzle and deliberately keeping it only a part allowed us no in fact forced us to reach out to other organizations and form a consortium mm-hmm. and some of these other organizations are well known in india like the central square foundation the tata trusts and also some small but very good quality not for profits Correct. So this consortium put together the technology, the content, and it was the government's choice because 
the government is free to choose from any open source technology it so thinks and in fact in fact it was the government of india that requested our help with the technology and it's on the request of the government of india that we created this open source platform and then help the government with it so and once it was done and none of this is any compulsion on the part of anybody the states voluntarily chose to use this platform of the government of india so the point here is when we think big hairy audacious goals the temptation is always to do everything we asked ourselves what is the least we can do but what is that important least that we felt we could do very well given our background and expertise and in this case that turned out to be technology infrastructure and going back to the first question on the devices yes half the children in urban india may not have access to devices that number will be more in rural india however every teacher has a device and what we were betting on was at the least if the teacher accesses that content they know how to teach better mm-hmm. and they can then use the chalk and talk method which is universal to teach better but to those who can access a device they we make it attractive for them to access a device and there are also a whole lot of other plans as to the government is thinking about so for example as a result of the covid schooling is now closed physically but schools are closed but schooling is happening so what the government is doing is coming out with television programs and the television programs have also have qr codes which are connected to the textbook or so for example if you watch a television channel it has a qr code what if you miss the t- channel or what if you watch a half an hour program but you want more information connecting the physical to the digital there are a lot of such innovative ideas that are being tried out at the level of the states by the center by various people but the essence is the intent of the government is no child should suffer for lack of technology and so if they do not have a smartphone will they have a feature phone if they do not have a feature phone do they have a television if they have none of this can they have access to a loudspeaker can they go to someone else a a, a shop and borrow a phone for a fees so a lot of options like this have been worked out are being worked out yeah including and devices be provided to children free of cost by the government excellent and tell me what's it like working with uh you could say an IT guru i mean what's it li- like working with nandan nilkani and uh and having him and and rahini as well as co-founders oh it's a fabulous fabulous experience because nandan is the ultimate strategic thinker and the master of how data can help achieve policy and business objectives and is india's most respected person in that area while rohini brings in complementary skills a deep focus on the child a deep respect for non government efforts a deep respect for what 
everybody would call as the last mile but what we choose to call as the first mile the parent the teacher everybody around the child who are doing their best she has deep deep empathy so whatever we do this complementarity make sure that our plans and ideas are tested in the crucible of strategy and technology and also in the crucible of human empathy and not forgetting the purpose that technology is meant to serve and is not meant to rule so it is fabulous and we do have passionate debates where sometimes it's a debate uh, between should we enable technology what's the positive and negative aspect of data the positive and negative aspect of technology the positive and negative aspect of giving system ac- systems having access to a lot of data mm-hmm. the balance between purpose and privacy of data the balance between solving today's problems and the unintended consequences of today's solution on future so these are all extremely passionate debates that we engage in and often times not just within the group but thanks to rohini and nandan's network with a wide external system of stakeholders who often times have quite bluntly pointed out that we are totally barking up the wrong tree <laughs> and which we have done uh, quite a few times in the past so it is a fabulous learning experience it's also a fabulous fun experience mm-hmm. because both nandan and rohini stress on the fact that hey if you're not having fun doing this it's not worth it yeah no, that's a that's a very good point now where you guys want to be in 10 years what does success look like for the next 10 years uh, you, you seem like you said nandan being the ultimate strategic thinker what, what is it that you're strategizing for the next decade <laughs> 10 years from now hopefully xstep does not exist mm-hmm. and the reason i say that is the idea of xstep could exist but xstep as an organization may or may not exist and that exit plan we feel is a very very critical part of our thinking which is we are here to serve the system we should not become another big player so hopefully 10 years from now the ideas xstep has triggered the technology infrastructure xstep has built could be handed over to a public consortium of which xstep may or may not be a part but think of it as the concept of a public library mm-hmm. created through philanthropic effort if you look at rockefeller and others an institution created but then handed over to society at xstep might exist but might be run by a different set of people or not mm-hmm. xstep's technology would definitely be used but used by society so it is an asset of for and by society mm-hmm. and 10 years from now we hope to see that the children of india have as much of an access to learning experiences as the best child anywhere in the world and our learning outcomes 
which currently are not great have improved a lot and in the process maybe ek step has played a small part mhm mhm no that sounds wonderful now you mentioned everything's open source and uh there really is no reason why if somebody's listening to this and they're running in the education policy in a state in brazil for instance uh that they can look to you to say look we want to deploy something similar could we just avail ourselves of your platform Oh yeah, absolutely. And they don't even need to ask us. They just need to go to sunbird.org, s u n b i r d . o r g. The entire mm-hmm. source code is out there. Uh feel free to download it. Don't bother to leave a thank you note, but if it is useful, <laughs> do let us know. No, that's great. It's uh it's it's not always the case that you you find people so uh so keen on sharing. How did you get into all this, by the way? How did you get into uh <laughs> g- g- yeah. give me a little bit of your narrative yeah 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 so uh nandan and i were part of uh, india's digital identity program called aadhar as a this was back in 2009 aadhar is the world's largest digital identity program as a result of which 1.26 billion indians now have a 12 digit digital unique identity that's a story in itself and nandan headed that effort at the request of the then prime minister of india he actually quit being the vice chairman of infosys to become the chairman of this government body and uh, uh, i was one of the first volunteers in that project that's how we met and that's how we started this journey of enabling social impact at population scale and after we exited aadhar think of extep foundation as a continuation of that journey of doing social good with whatever means and resources at our disposal and before that i was an entrepreneur i sold my company made all the money that i wanted and was retiring uh, was living a happy retired life till i met nandan and volunteered for the project i am a engineer and a management graduate by background so i have been a jack of all trades been part of a multinational company procter and gamble had my own entrepreneurial career been part of government with aadhar and now in the social sector with a philanthropic foundation excellent well i have a feeling you're probably never going to retire that's my uh, <laughs> if if i were a wagering person that's what i would say right now <laughs> Which, yep. which is people, really good. People tell me that, but I hope to sometime. Ah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, a key takeaway for our listeners: What's the one thing you'd love for our listeners to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? Yeah, one is when you're thinking about making a social impact, think big. Don't constrain yourself by the resources you have. think big because whether you think big or think small the amount of thinking effort is the same and when you're thinking big don't worry about i don't have a plan to get there i don't have the resources to get there and what if i fail this might seem philosophical but i've seen again and again great things happen when you set a goal that is way above your means to achieve it but it's so inspiring that you start to attract people around you 
who are equally inspired and help you achieve that goal with that in mind if you let go of the need to control the journey be prepared for a fun ride and miraculous things will happen even if you don't achieve your goal you will end up at a place which is far far better than what you would have if you had thought small and achieved it mm. that's really great that's really really great shankar thank you so much for joining us on the do one better podcast today it's been really a pleasure uh, to our listeners thank you as always please subscribe if you haven't already please share widely with your family friends and colleagues as well and uh, you've been listening to shankar marawada who is the co-founder and chief executive officer of ixtep foundation they're doing some amazing work on education shankar thank you it's been a, a real pleasure hosting you on the do one better podcast today Thank you Alberto it was great chatting up with you Thank you for listening to the Do One Better podcast If you want to find out more about our show about our guests additional links and resources visit our website at lidji.org that's l i d j i.org and don't forget success at the Do One Better podcast is about inspiring you to be more philanthropic to think more about sustainability and to embrace social entrepreneurship hopefully these stories will encourage you to take action and change the world around you for the better. <music>